from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to The Superiority Complex. Everyone, your new favorite podcast. We're back. How's everybody doing? You know, health-wise. Good. Yeah? Everybody's good? <laughs> you are. Hey, well, okay. You know. Yeah, Patrick's here, Jake's here, Justine's here, John's here. The whole gang is here, guys. Welcome. Gang's all here. That's it. That's how it crumbles, cookie-wise. That's how it crumbles, cookie-wise. Guys, we got two, We have a great uh, digital movie club. But first, thing we, first things first, we got to take care of some old business. Patrick and Justine weren't here last week, and they have to give us their ratings on two movies. The Wolfman, which we gave you a rating on last week. And then what else did we watch last week? We watched The Wolfman and... Uh, uh, road to Morocco. Road to Morocco. We're on the road to Morocco. Those were tens all around from all of us here. Uh, now let's see what we got uh, coming in this week. Justine, let's start with you. How are you, young lady? Good. You sound enthused. You sound. You just had a big bowl of salsa. Saw you enjoying that. Salsa. Yeah. Salsa. I yeah. was inspired by all the dancing I watched in um, the apartment. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. When they were yeah. up on the uh, uh, yeah. when they were up on the table doing jingle bells, <laughs> doing a, <laughs> doing a, a, a kick a kick line. Swinging. There was a swinging party. We're gonna get to that in a little bit. But that she was, says it on the phone about it. She says they're swinging or something like that. She's like, we, like there's a swinging party up on 19 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you recognize who the operator was? Nope. She's the yeah. band. She's the band leader in uh, Some Like It Hot. She was uh, I forgot her name, but she was what is it? Uh, uh-huh. Sweet Georgia Brown, or I forgot her name. What was her name? I forgot her name. Sugar. No, that was yeah. Society Syncopators. Yeah, it was Sweet Georgia Brown or something. Yeah, that was the same girl. Billy Wilder has kind of the same people he uses uh, over and over in the background sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, so Justine. Let's talk about those movies from last week. Which one do you want to break? go into first? You don't have to give us a, uh, you know, you can just tell us I liked it, I didn't like it, whatever. Which one do you want to give us first? Uh, Wolfman was fun. Did you cry? No. <laughs> if so, how much? I told Patrick, I'm like, look how cheap that star looks on his body. It looks so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but... But I mean, it looked cheap. But did he? I mean, did you did you enjoy the fact that the werewolf's name was Larry? <laughs> no, he's just a guy. Um, he's just a guy trying not to be a wolf. Just yeah, the movie was okay. I didn't really care for it. It wasn't your favorite of the Universal, but you did like the other ones. You liked uh, Bride, and you liked I liked Frankenstein. That, that guy was in it. I forgot the guy's name. Claude Rains. Claude Rains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that he was in it. I was like, ooh, we're tying things in, and that's cool. That's but, right. Uh, Did you say, hey, his dad is the Invisible Man? Yeah. <laughs> it's you? just that the... the it uh, all makes sense. Even the moon's afraid of him. Yeah. <laughs> the makeup was just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, for 1940, it was pretty damn good. <laughs> I do like that he gets an underbite. That's my favorite thing about the Wolfman. He gets an underbite. Yeah. Looks, looks like a boar. Not a boring person. Looks like a boring animal, um, or a Gamorrean guard, maybe has that underbite. Yeah. From the yeah. Jedi. Uh, so, what would you rank it, Justine? Where would you rank uh, Wolfman? Uh, 
I'll give it a three. Oh, a three. Wow. Wow. That's that, rough. That is low. <laughs> I like how she just threw that out there casually. Yeah, three. I didn't like it. That's okay. <laughs> it was like whatever. And, uh, and what about uh, our second feature? Our second great feature, Road to Morocco. Oh, I can't with all this. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's the wow. last that's the last road movie that's it we're done well last one I for us I can't yeah. with I, their sets I can't with who they cast I can't with the whole movie it's just I can't wow you didn't even like uh, Anthony Quinn in, in the role as the basically the role he would play 30 years later in Lawrence of Arabia yeah 20 years later pretty much mm-hmm. um, so you didn't laugh th- you didn't laugh you didn't laugh at all not this time. The first time was funny. This time it was just, it wasn't funny at all. I give it a, I give it a four. Oh, four. She liked it better than Wolfman. Funnier than the Wolfman. Yeah. It's the same as the last one, though. It's the same score as Road to All right. Uh, Patrick, how are you doing, sir? Good. Good to see you, except for that hat. Um, we won't Sorry. talk about it on the air. We won't talk about it on the air. Uh, what uh, what what do you have for us from last week? You're you're catching up. You had a little catch up to do. We know you were busy last yes. week. And first of all, I appreciate yeah. you both catching up. So that's great. I, I do appreciate that. What? Um, uh, Wolfman. I enjoyed it. It's definitely not one of my favorite of the monster movies, the Universal monster movies. And I think it really boils down to his makeup. Okay. Um, I, I think he looks like I think he, I think you're right. He looks like a Gamorrean guard. He doesn't look like because he doesn't have a snout or anything. He doesn't look like a yeah, wolf. Yeah, like the facial features aren't quite right, and so it it, it doesn't mesh as well for me. Um, it was nice to see Claude Rains, um, but it's just I I didn't love it. It's like a five. Okay, me. five. And what about it's okay? It was decent. Yeah. Uh, just didn't hate it. What about uh, Road to Morocco? I did not like this one. What? I was really frustrated. So um, they did something at the beginning of the movie that really turned me off right from the get-go. Uh, was and it, it kind of just pissed me off. Was it the uh, the, the camel, the licking camel? No. No, 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 no. It, they, was it the 1930s, which way did he go, George, characterization no, of... Them- it was them doing something really insensitive about people with developmental disabilities. That's it. That's what I'm uh, saying. The 1930s. Yeah, it, which it, way did he go, George? Everybody's Lenny from, from of mice and men. I wrapping it around a lawn Cheney, by yeah. the way. Yeah, my whole life I've worked with people with developmental disabilities. With my mom, she does that her whole career. So I've been around people with you know disabilities like that, and they're people. And it wasn't funny, and it's just like that humor was just incredibly insulting. Um, so it killed it for me. The jokes weren't as funny. Like I couldn't give it a pass because the jokes weren't as good as they were in, um, road to Singapore. So you felt road to Singapore was better. I knew that yeah, as soon as I, that scene happened, I was like, Oh yeah. no, here we yeah, go. I, was like, I saw it and it was like the first 10 minutes too. And I was like, motherfucker, like really right, right from the get go. After they finished um, a great song too. That's the bad part yeah. of it. They're like, Oh, I liked the last, like, 10 minute sequence like the ending sequence of them like setting off all the gags and lighting you know their feet on fire and the the fart jokes and stuff like that i like that part um but overall as a film i was really disappointed it it just 
I want them to be able to stand up on their own two feet and not have to rely on insensitivity like that. Mm-hmm. And I get it with the times, but it just doesn't have a place. So not all of it translates. Unfortunately, to, not all of it translates to modern audiences, and that's okay. No, unfortunately, this one was not a win for me, so I gave this one a two. A two. Oh, We've yeah. ripped John's heart out, and now I'm, we, I'm we're sorry, holding John. it up like Molaram. No, you know what? It makes me feel like an asshole for thinking it was funny. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, they were making fun of that guy. What's the matter with What's the matter with me? <laughs> it's. it's uh, I mean, yeah. if it's not one thing, it was another thing, and it's just like I, I, it. I, I yeah. would have liked the film a lot more had it not gone down that road. We grow. That we. That's what we do. We watch these movies and we grow. It's a yeah. learning experience, everybody. Yeah, um, you just find out how fucked up everyone is. You know, well, no, it, and it also shows you how. But look at it this way. Look, it shows you how far we have come, but it took us a long. But that depiction also, along with the depictions we saw in, you know, like let's, you know, like it, the stuff we talked about in, uh, in the, the road to Singapore, has yeah. taken years to get to where we we find that offensive. You know what I mean? It's taken honestly, a long time. Like. The, that has not been the worst one I've ever seen. Like by far, that is not the worst depiction of somebody with developmental disabilities that I've seen mm-hmm. in a film. It just it rubbed me the wrong way. No, just, you know, but you know like, what? Eh. It's it's something that uh, if, if we're going to get serious for a second, it gets a pass because the the reference I was making was anytime you had a character in a cartoon in a Warner Brothers cartoon, it was the which way did he go, George? Which way did he yeah. go? Which was yeah. the 19th. But that, if you don't know, that's a reference to Of Mice and Men. And, you know, yeah. obviously Lenny, the character there, has some developmental issues. And so, but it became kind of a shorthand for that character. And so people are doing that joke and not even thinking about what the implications are. So, uh, yeah. you know. But uh, no, there's there's nothing wrong with uh, with with seeing it that way. And John, I don't think you need to feel bad because no, um, you know you 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 see this movie. We've seen this movie. We're talking about that. You're looking at it through the filter of this is the 1940s, and that that joke was around. That was big. It's in all the Warner Brothers cartoons. You know. Yeah. So I don't think you need to it's feel. It's funny because when you when you read the when you read of Bison Men, it's it's obvious this is not funny. You know. Yeah. And you really feel for Lenny, and it's a whole different thing. But you're right. That became shorthand for. You know, big and stupid, and you know, and maybe beyond. Yeah, but yeah. When you see the movie and you read the book, uh, he's not making light of it. It's, no, it's exactly. Part of the tra- it's part of the tragedy mm-hmm. of it is that he's not. Uh, he needs to be watched every moment yeah, he, because uh, he can be taken advantage of. Yeah, he doesn't understand what he's doing or what you know, he doesn't really understand the implications of what he's doing or saying. So, yeah. uh, but you know, the, but that's part of the part of. I don't want to say it's not part. It's part of the fun. It's something very interesting when we go back and watch these movies of this period, like, you know, like well, John it's said, it's like, yeah, it's history. but like John also said, it's like navigating a minefield sometimes, but I feel like we yeah. didn't, I didn't feel like we really didn't have that problem in the in the two movies this week. Thankfully, I felt a lot freer. What, what are you looking at? I was, I was waiting for, a, I was waiting for a horrible Italian stereotype in uh... No, cause they actually went to Rome and film. Yeah. yeah. There's, I know, how about that? that was a, that was actually Justine. What I was going to, I was, I, went, I can't wait to get to Justine. Cause we talked about that, how, you know, we, we want to show these exotic places and these people, but we don't want to show them. And I think, and there, there's scenes in Roman holiday that look like they just told uh, Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck, Hey, walk through this market and we're gonna, we're not going to tell anybody we're filming. It kind of looked like, Oh that. yeah. And you see everybody going, huh? <laughs> Who's that? why are they here? It had that What's look going on. And it uh, works because she's a princess. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe they thought she was a real princess. But uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. What we didn't catch up with last week also, we didn't get to catch up on WandaVision. So now we're two weeks. WandaVision. WandaVision. So as always, WandaVision. Qu- quick spoiler alert. Uh, Justine, we didn't get to talk about it. We got to your, you had you had spilled the beans about Kat Dennings and, um, oh my gosh, I forgot his name. Oh, oh I'm such a, uh, James Park? Somebody, yeah. somebody help me, please. Is it James Park? That sounds right, right? Sure. Here, I'll Google. Google it. By the way, people want him. Randall Park. Randall Park. Randall Park. People want Randall Park to have his own, um, show they're like let's do it a magic show let's do a marvel <laughs> like let's, a let's do a marvel version of the x-files i'm like no pass pass just because a character is likable doesn't mean he gets his own show okay and i'm not saying that like because Fonzie. i don't like it's not that i don't like randall park i think he's great but i think you just he, he's doing what he needs to do in this show he doesn't need to be that character uh all the time you know what i'm saying that's my two cents yeah, anyway anyway so Justine, the two people you predicted would be there were there. I had hinted that there was a huge cameo coming up. And did you see last week's episode? Mm-hmm. You did? John, what are you doing over there? You do you got mission you in trouble over there, mission control? I'm good. You're good? All right. You're just the microphone's poking me in the eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can you lower do do the thing where you lower it a little bit. Do do it right there. Look like a time life operator. Too loud. No, no, you're good. Mm -hmm. You can you can get a little bit closer. Get right up on it like this. Perfect. He tells me I have to kiss the mic. Does he? Yeah, just gonna get right up in there. I'm usually too loud anyway. No, you're perfect. Uh, Just get right up in there. So down on it. Two weeks ago, things started to get better. No, I told you guys. Eating up in the kitchen. I told you guys I didn't like the first two episodes because it felt like TV I had to watch as a kid when I was waiting for something else to come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of all people, Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton, <laughs> Will Wheaton posted something saying something very similar. And I think I go, you know what it is? It's my generation. It's Generation X. We're the ones that have the problem with the way this show is unfolding. Uh, everybody else seems to be okay with it. But I did. I last, starting with last week. I I, I really started to get into it because we went outside of the bubble to see what was going on. We found out a lot, a lot about what's going on outside of the world that Wanda has created. What did you guys think mm-hmm. of that episode last yep. week? Yep. Good. Uh, last week's the very last episode. Or the no, 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 no. The week before. Um, where they're just like figuring stuff out and the TV gets hooked yes, up. Yes, 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 yes. It was it was nice to see how crazy things were getting mm-hmm. and how interesting it was and like they're figuring stuff out. I thought that was really cool. And they it, show you nice what happened. See, like, they show you what happened to, to regular people after the after the snap. Yeah, that, that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. That was a cool tie-in. Justine, were you okay with the episode from two weeks ago? Uh, yeah, that was uh, it. Was pretty sad in the beginning because they finally showed just regular people it yeah. happening to regular people. It's kind of like when Captain Marvel goes to that um, like a AA kind of meeting and they talk about people they lost, right? 
Captain America. Oh, Captain America. Captain America. What did I say? You said Captain yeah. Marvel. Oh, sorry. I'm no, you're okay. Um, it, like they do that, and it kind of humanizes the movie. But then, yeah, they did that here too, and I kind of felt for her. Mm-hmm. So, so we do know uh, now and that then Patrick. Oh, go ahead. Huh? Oh, and then when I because I watched it before Patrick did, and then Patrick said something, and it got stuck in my head, so I had to rewatch it with his comment and. <laughs> kind of bothered me after that, and I was like, "What, what did I say?" Patrick's like, "He's a bad guy," and I was like, "What? Are you, what?" <laughs> and I had to watch uh, the whole. I totally he it, think he's a bad guy. Who's that? And all they did, all they did at the point uh, was just inter- introduce him. He got introduced to her. Um, no, she he took the position she should have had. The guy running sword. Mm. And oh, you knew that was going like, to happen. Hey, blah blah blah. He's a bad um, guy. Patrick's like, that's a bad guy. I don't think he's going to be a bad guy. I felt it in my bones. I don't think he's going to be a bad guy, but he's definitely going to be at cross purposes with, uh, with, uh, with, um, Ms. Rambo. Mm -hmm. Rambo. That's, isn't that the original Captain Marvel? Mm hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. How about that? That's who that is, John. Who's playing her? Uh, I don't know the actress's name, but she is basically the daughter of the of, Fiona Paris. She's the daughter of the wow. best friend of Captain Marvel in the movie Captain Marvel. Right. How about mm. that? Yeah. They're yeah. really John, wait till you hear wait till you find out what they did this this episode. So again, spoiler mm. alert. So fast forward, we go to we go back to next week. We're back in uh oh, so the twins were born last episode. It was a Brady Bunch takeoff two weeks ago. I keep saying last episode, but two weeks ago. Um the, it was a Brady Bunch takeoff. The twins are born. Mm-hmm. We find that out. Cool. That was interesting. Yeah, we find out that uh, Wanda, Vision, Wanda is controlling everything. She can kick people out of her world, and she does so. Uh, mm. And that's where we pick up this week. Um, we found out now that the twins are able to age rapidly, and well, we, maybe one of them. We go into an 80s sitcom, and the twins, uh, with the help of a very helpful neighbor whose uh, intentions we still aren't sure about, uh, they grow They they grow to be uh, 10 in a matter of uh, seconds. Oh, she's very suspect. She's very suspect. Uh, the big revelation this week, John, get this. The people on the outside of the bubble realize that the TV series that they keep seeing is all in Wanda's mind. Right. Wow. Okay. So she's going decade by decade. So this week was a was an eighties uh, sitcom, kind of like a Family Ties kind of a show. The twins grow up. They get a dog. They lose a dog. And uh, at the very end of the episode, the door opens and there's someone standing on the doorstep, and it turns out that it's her brother. Now, John, if you remember. Her brother, Pietro. Quicksilver. He died in Age of Ultron. Do you remember that? He was killed in Age of Ultron. Yep. Well, guess who it is, John? Guess who she recast she recast the part with? Is it the other Quicksilver from the other it's, <laughs> universe? Exactly. It's, the, it's exactly it. It's Quicksilver from the <laughs> X-Men universe. So oh, it, that's it's what I said all along. <laughs> They're going to bring the X-Men into the MCU. They're finally going to go, hey, we spent all this money. Let's get them all together, huh? So that's where we left Some off. Some people like that. 
Some people like that Quicksilver better anyway. Well, there we go. I like him in horror, um, American Horror Show. American Horror Show? Horror Show. Are you talking about horror the impeachment show. trials? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what it's called. American Horror Story? It's called America. Yeah. I really like him. I think he's a great actor and he's super cute. Oh, what if, <laughs> so you would have given him a hug? You would have given him a hug when he's yeah. like, hey, sis. He plays a lot of creepy guys um, in the show, and I I adore it. It's really cute. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. That's disturbing. Nah. <laughs> Not for Patrick. Um, just kidding, Patrick. This, is that that Aaron Taylor? What's his name? What's what's the actor's name? Aaron Taylor. Evan Peters. Evan Peters. That's right. Okay. Evan Peters. That's right. Yeah. He, yeah. So, John, that's it. We got we got X Men, oh. baby. X Men's back. X Men are back. We're gonna have some. We know they start working in. Uh, be able to talk to her. It's gonna be great, man. Wait till they start working in Fantastic Four characters. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Because Disney owns that now. Flame on, flame on. Yeah, that's it. What are they gonna do? Are they gonna get uh, Chris Evans to play both uh, Human Torch and Captain America? <laughs> we hope so. Or you, or you get Michael B. Jordan back, and then not only that's is right. yeah, see how about that. Yeah. He's Killmonger mm. and the Human Torch. How about yeah. that? Yeah, I guess they're going to have some fun with that with the Spider-Man, right? They're going to bring back a lot of Spider-Man actors from the previous franchises. Yeah, they're doing that. Yeah, they're using the multiverse nonsense. Yeah. They're even going to do Spider-Pig. 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 <laughs> So that's our little WandaVision discussion. I I, I do like a piece of that spider thing. <laughs> I, I was really happy with this episode. Like, yes, hey, finally, shit's happening. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not gonna lie. I told I said somebody. I think I said this last week. I said my big pro- my biggest problem when I was thinking about it I was like, this is right up my alley. Why am I not liking this? And the thing is, <laughs> we're in the middle of a pandemic where any one of us can drop off the planet. Literally, like Thanos flips the switch and we're gone. I don't want to wait. I want give me the answers now. Put all ten episodes up so I can binge it. I'm not it. gonna live forever. Yeah, I, yeah, really. I think if it was any other time, I'd be okay with it. But it's just like the sense of urgency to kind of get through the, to the story is a little bit. It's pressing. Feels like it's a little more pressed. A little more you've pressing. You've got to stay healthy until the end of the series. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. Or you know, I just got to avoid some idiot who can't you know stay home and you know right. not do not go places. You know. So, uh, but I, I, I have, uh, I have enjoyed the last couple of episodes a lot better and that says something about me, my lack of patience and maybe, Hey, you know, it's so awful for me to just go, look, I know you spent time and a lot of creative people worked on this, but it's not my thing. Could you hurry up and get to what I like? I feel like a real ass, but you know, just the first two episodes mm-hmm. were just not my bag. So, and which is weird. Cause I grew up watching those shows and I think that's what it was. Somebody nailed it on another podcast. Uh, the three hours later podcast, they said it wasn't enough of a parody to keep it interesting. It really wasn't a parody. They were just doing an episode of Bewitched mm. and doing an episode. They were, you know, it wasn't really enough of a parody to keep you uh, riveted. Interesting. So, yeah. Too too close to the real thing. Yeah. 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 Anyway, let's mm. get on. Let's move on, guys. Let's move on. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. I had something I had to show Sugar. Tell you. We had we, we we had some there was some entertainment news I had for you guys and I can't remember what it was. Uh, John, all of the Muppet Show is going to be uh, 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 streaming on the uh, Disney 
Disney Plus soon. All five seasons. Yeah. Are there any? You rec- are you? Are there any you recommend? Well, I've got the first three seasons. They're uh, they're pretty sharp. I, I the first couple seasons are really sharp. Yeah. I, I think it might start. Um, I don't know. Uh, fifth season. I think it was a lot of musical guests. So I wasn't quite as. Uh, what I love is when they have like comedians. When they get somebody like John Cleese or, uh, you know, somebody like that, All right, it's a lot of fun. Uh, when they're, they get somebody who can really play along with the puppets, you know, it's pretty good. We were watching, um, Nicole and I were going through the, uh, we were just flipping around on HBO Max and they have the, the, the Sesame Workshop on there, the Sesame Work, and they had all these little highlights uh-huh. of different Muppets and we were looking at the Grover highlights. And this is, there's a, from Sesame Street where Grover is with uh, Madeline Kahn. And she's she's singing to him, and I, I was telling Nicole, I said that there's a certain type of actor or actress who worked really well with the Muppets and really sold it, really made right. you feel like they were, you know, like they were there. And she definitely in her little two minute song with Grover, you really, it was like wow, she really she's one of those actors that can really pull it off. Not everybody can the do ones it. That are, no, and the ones that are really fun are the ones that really make you believe they're interacting with them like they're real, you know. And not everybody can do that. Not every actor can do that but some of them really sell it and you're right madeline khan really sells it yeah so that's a good one there's some really awesome alice cooper is on one of them it's really fun was it glorious leachman is that what you wanted to talk about oh we did talk about glorious leachman and we talked about cicely tyson last week there was something else i don't remember what it was it'll come to us justine's gone is she okay we we lost justine there she is there she is there she is that Beautiful, beautiful face of Justine's. Oh, you beautiful doll, you great big beautiful doll. Yeah, da 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 dee, da 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 da. John, I don't know the words. Can you help me out there? Uh, <laughs> hey, there's a great uh, the Mark Hamill one's really great. They do I've like heard, a whole. I've the heard whole, the whole episode is like a Star Wars parody. Yeah, it's like pigs in space, right? They're doing like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. All right. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's the whole thing's going to be on. I used to watch that as a kid religiously. It was on prime time. Oh, prime time. Was, never missed it. It's a great show. Because for me, for me, the apex. I mean, I loved Animal. It's so great. But I loved uh, Statler and Waldorf. So that's who I was really watching for. Is their their lines? Animal. <laughs> really great. Really Animal. good joke writing. Really good sharp joke writing on that show. Yeah, absolutely. So and. Uh, great perform. I mean, it's like vaudeville. Uh, even the corny jokes work because the timing is so, they just, the timing is impeccable, you know? And on top of it, you have people operating puppets, like on top of everything else. I don't know how the hell they do it. I mean, it'd be tough enough just to work the puppets, but to actually sell it, mm-hmm. the personality and the, and, the, and the, you know, the, uh, the voices, it's just, I don't know how the hell they did it. That's great. I stuff. just, you know, yeah. Amazing. All right. Uh, favorite Muppet, John, you, you said animal. Animal's my favorite. Yeah, Jake, who's your favorite Muppet? Uh, Grover. Okay, here's what uh, Grover's technically a Muppet, but I'm going to separate Muppets from Sesame Street. But you're right, Grover is the best. You you relate to Grover because he always works in a restaurant, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Would you like a hamburger, sir? Mm, Jake's the Swedish chef. What are you talking about? Uh, Jake is Jake is Beaker. What are you talking about? <laughs> Beaker's the best one. <laughs> Jake is Beaker. If anyone's Beaker, <laughs> Beaker's the best one. He is because he's always stressed out. I poor, poor Beaker. Beaker. Uh, I do like. The, I don't think they're on the show, but when they when they started doing the movies, the rats 
from Muppet oh, Stick yeah, Manhattan are awesome. <laughs> I do like the rats, but uh, I got to give it. I love. I love all them. Probably the. Uh, what's the girl? Is it the girl with the with the Mick Jagger lips? It, she's in the oh, the one in, that looks like Joni Mitchell. Yeah, she's in Electric Mayhem. Uh, she was always yeah. she was always a, a favorite of mine because you can't. Her name qu- is Actually, Janice. Janice, that's right. You can't quite tell what she is, uh, but she does have like. Mid- she looks kind of like Carly Simon meets Joni Mitchell. <laughs> a little bit. She has that really weird voice. Wow, man. <laughs> How about Doctor Teeth? Doctor Teeth is great. I probably like Rolf the best out of or Fozzie out of the Rolf was always good because he had like Bear. that Rolf had that dry humor. I always liked Rolf and uh, Fozzie, of course. Waka waka. So I look for it. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I can't wait to watch them all. Uh, guys, it's time for the Digital Movie Club. Oh me, I like Gonzo. <laughs> Just seeing- <laughs> that was a. You fucking forgot me. Justine, who's your favorite? Uh, is it because he has a thing for chickens? <laughs> no. Okay. All right, Justine, I'm, I'm very sorry. I did I did something. Uh, that was awful of me. I feel like a real shell drake. You know what I'm saying? Um, so please accept my humble apology. You are an important part of the show. You are a fan favorite, and you are certainly the glue it holds our spreadsheet together, so I, I apologize if I forgot you. Actual spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> the actual spreadsheet. Without you, I would have to do that myself. And God, do I not want to do that spreadsheet? Um, it is like the, you are never leaving. I think your position is secure, Justine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's never going to want to. You did. Do that the, you did. You did the smart thing. You made yourself indispensable. <laughs> Anybody that anybody that joins after this, I'm be like, yeah, can you work a spreadsheet? Uh, nope. Sorry. Right. And when you're not here, it's like you know, it, it's like Jesus. What was it? What was the score on that? When did we do that? What the, what the hell? Yeah. Like, you can almost hear him like ruffling the pages. What the? I don't know what week that was. I don't remember. What was the word? I've taken a writing them down in my notebook, but uh, it's not the same. Um, all right, guys. Let's. What, uh, you know, Patrick, pick the theme this week. Uh, I want Jake to do the 007 one again. All right, Jake, take it away. Hates it. It's the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we can't. Yeah, we can't do the other one anymore because Fox is defunct. So that's that's that is no more. Uh, so we have, to, yeah. we have to change it up. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. There's no more. Uh, they so you're not going to see that animation. Fox logo anymore. Uh, that's it. What was that blue? Uh, oh yeah, they just animation. Did they, they kill? They killed it just now. Yeah, just yesterday. They don't need it because they got Pixar, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so no more so no more Ice Age movies. No right? more Ice Age movies. No more. No, not the Ice Age. I'll oh. tell you which. I'll tell you what. What movie that the um, Blue Sky did that was really good was the Charlie Brown, uh, the the 3D animated Charlie Brown movie, which I mm. did not think was going to be any good, and I took my daughter to see it. It was great, really well done. 
I could never bring myself to go see that. So it wasn't bad, huh? No, Snoopy was great in it. It was a very it was very Snoopy centric. And you And they used some uh, Vince Guaraldi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's worth wow. it's worth checking out. It's worth it's worth mm. checking out. Uh but um yeah, kind of weird. Kind of weird that uh, Fox is a thing of the past. But that's okay cuz we got the X-Men, right? It all, it's all worth it, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, worth it. So I told people, my friend was kind of bummed about that. He goes, Look, they they disbanded Blue Blue Sky Animation Studios. I said, yeah, but you got X Men in your MCU now, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we all wanted, totally right? It. It's like a monkey's paw. <laughs> it's like a monkey's. Paw. It's like <laughs> we, wow, we got it, and then they just yep, nope, nope. Yeah, and you, all that's oh, left is the middle finger. Oh, I, I wish <laughs> I could have the MCU and. And the ex, okay, you'll get it, but you'll get nothing else. Your wish is my command. That's it. Uh, we guys, Valentine's Day right around the corner. Romance is in the air. All right. Uh, hopefully, you and your your significant other uh, will get together. If you can't get together, do it via Zoom. Okay. You don't need to be face to face, and you exchange uh, pleasantries, and you hold up the little candies with the be mine, and uh, you are cute. Those little heart candies and you you know maybe you watch a movie via via zoom or via you do that uh, group thing on uh, on netflix do they still have that no they don't huh Mm-mm. i just know. heard about that what uh where people are like watching movies together on zoom yeah 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 do that do that but uh it's really i just heard about that <laughs> it's a very it's a very romantic time of course valentine's day you know we celebrate lovers and uh, other strangers and uh lovers and so we decided to have our own uh, Valentine's Day celebration here, and I uh, decided to screen two movies. Can anyone guess what these two movies had in common? Why I picked these two particular movies for uh, love? Both two girls wanted to die. Mm, no, but they did. Mm, I, that is true, but that what is it, not why. What if you watch Sabrina and that, then yeah, probably Beautiful Women. <laughs> Uh, there, Nicole really likes these romance movies. There, That's there, why you own there are Roman two, Holiday. You know, Nicole, Roman Holiday is one of Nicole's favorites. And by the way, we're gonna. she had never seen The Apartment. She watched both. So I will be giving you her scores. They're not nice. official, but we're just going to get those scores. Uh, we'll pencil them in. They're both, you want me to add her? They're both black and white. Okay, but what is the thing? What thing do you think holds these two movies, binds them together? Holiday. Nope. Any other both guesses? girls have extremely sh- both girls have extremely short haircuts. Th- that is true. All these are very true. Pixie cut. The- all these are very true. <laughs> but let me tell you what they have in common and why I picked them. Both feature a scene where somebody blows a straw wrapper at another person. That is why I picked mm. these two movies. That together. was why you picked these movies. <laughs> no, I just realized when I was watching them, I'm like, that's she so. She doesn't blow it at a person, though. I'm like, that's so Blows weird. To the street. I'm like, that's so weird that wow. two movies have that. I don't know why. I was like, wow, that's so weird that it came up twice in uh, in mm. both movies. But that is not, of course, why. Uh, Roman Holiday is my wife's favorite movie. It's a movie that I love. Uh, I, I do I do really enjoy it, and because uh, I think it's a great exercise in filmmaking. Um, and then that's Nicole's favorite. Uh, that is one of her favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. Is blowing mm. straws? That's your favorite. Yeah, activity. yeah. Blowing straws is our favorite activity. We're gonna blow <laughs> straws at each other with our masks on. Try to figure that okay. out. Uh, and then um, sounds like a fetish. It, it is. It is. It's it's called blowing. Um, mm-hmm. And then 
the well, apartment, which uh, John introduced me to. John introduced me to the apartment. Uh, Did I? Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I knew about it, but I never watched it, and you recommended it to me. You, you, and then you cool. bought it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've actually owned this a while. This is a, but uh, I didn't own a digital copy. All right, guys. Which one, Justine? Since it's the lovers' holiday, and you are the most beloved of all the cast members on this podcast, which would you like to tackle first, Roman Holiday or El Apart Il Apartamento? I don't know. I like Roman Holiday. Wait, 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 so wait, wait. If you want to go in order, we should probably start with Roman Holiday. Wait, you, what do you mean you liked Roman Holiday? Does that mean you didn't like the apartment? No, I just, I used to have a picture. <laughs> I used to have pictures of Roman Holiday above my, my window. Beautiful. Ah. All right, then let's start with Roman Holiday then. All right, Justine. Okay. So you had seen this before. Mm-hmm. You love it. Tell us about it. How did you first discover it? What do you like about yeah, it? Yeah, I told my mom we were watching Roman Holiday. She's like, why do you have to watch it? You've already seen it so many times. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was told I had to, to watch, watch it, it so I have to watch it. <laughs> but I did read some trivia on it as far as they put it in black and white because they didn't want Rome to upstage the characters. Mm. Oh, I heard. I had read that it was actually because... William Wyler wanted to shoot it on location. Paramount wanted him to do it on the back lot, like they did the road movies. And he's like, no, 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 we have to do it in Rome. I want to do it. But in order to facilitate that, he had to make it in black and white because it was cheaper. Well, they also went 700000 over budget. And it was all mm, wow. on close-ups of the lovely Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> Sounds about and right. Did Patrick already give the stats on it? Oh, nope, Patrick. We're already talking about oh, it. sorry, Ready? Let's let's go back. Let's we, we're taking away Patrick's only job. I'm sorry, Patrick. It's what I do. I know. Go ahead, Patrick. Give us the breakdown, would you? I'm so sorry. Uh, Roman Holiday released on September second, nineteen fifty-three, directed by William Wyler, with an eight out of ten on IMDb, seven or ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomato, with with a budget of one point five million dollars. One point five million, Ooh. of course, starring. Audrey Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn and uh, Greg, another dude, the great Gregory Peck, and as the best Atticus friend, Finch. and as the best friend, Patrick McCarns as Eddie Albert. Yeah, right? as- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know he looks like me. He really it. does. All, we always say that when it's anyone with a beard. But I was like, holy crap, that's Patrick. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Patrick's got like me. I asked Patrick, I'm like, why did you kiss that girl right there at the restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick looks like, like he I'm, he was like I'm a slut. I'm like yeah you are. <laughs> he also has a camera and a cigarette lighter. Yeah, Don't tell are. anybody that. But uh, yeah, Justine, let's, let's talk about it. When did you first uh, discover Roman Holiday? I don't know. I've loved Audrey Hepburn for a long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe since I was in middle school or fifth grade, mm-hmm. I've liked her. She was always my mom model and uh, Natalie Portman, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you when I actually first watched the movie. I just know I've watched a lot of her movies just because I liked her. Mm-hmm. I thought she was better. I think it was more of when you're younger. It's either you're Marilyn Monroe or you're Audrey Hepburn, and I don't have blonde hair, so Audrey Hepburn it was. You, well, you can't go wrong with Audrey Hepburn. I mean, it, we were John and I were talking about this last week. She's just a person that is... Um, 
obviously beautiful, but she's always when when she's on camera, you want to watch her and you want to see what she's doing. And um, she even this is her this is her first big movie, um, and uh, she's already able to go toe to toe with uh, Gregory Peck, who at this time had already been nominated for like three or four Oscars, I think. You know, he was already a, a pretty established star. And, you know, this is her first big role, and she, she she fulfills it well. And what's great is she plays this princess without being, um, without playing her kind of coy or bratty. Um, you can tell there's something underneath the surface of the of the princess. There's a lot of layers to her. Um, and Gregory that- Peck said that um, when watching Andrew Hepburn, here's his quote, like watching a flower suddenly come to bloom. She was born to play this princess. Uh, I also oh, wow. I also read that he, because of his contract, he got top billing. And then as they were finishing up the movie, he called the studio and was like, look, we need to give her higher billing because she's going to, this is going to make her a star. She's going to be, she's going to be huge. And so they went back and gave her like a bigger, the bigger and introducing Audrey Hepburn credit. Um, they, he gave her a bigger billing than she would have gotten originally because he said that she felt That's like, cool. yeah, he said that she felt mm-hmm. like, and they were very good friends uh, uh, for the rest of their lives after this movie. So, which is nice to know. They both met their spouse on this film. That really? Is, that, well, sort of. One of them. Because Gregory Peck was having, he was going to, he was having marital trouble and he met a reporter in France and ended up after he divorced his wife, they got married. And then at a party at Gregory Peck's house, Audrey Hepburn met uh was it Mel Ferrar or Jose Ferrar? One of the Ferrars. And that's how she met. She met him Ferrar. at a party via through Gregory Peck. So how about that? How about that? That's something. Justine, what's your favorite cool. scene in the movie? Mm, I like when I like the whole scene when she's just walking through Rome during the day. Mm-hmm. When she gets her ice cream, when she gets her haircut, mm-hmm. when she's by herself and he's not there. It's my favorite scene. All those scenes, as I said earlier, look have a very on the like on the spot quality to them. Feels like they just kind of. I asked my mom because um, my mom went to Rome. I'm like, did you see a bunch of girls eating ice cream there? And I told her, if I go, I'm gonna cut my hair short and eat ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and blow straws at people. Yeah. And would you put your hand in that uh, big stone face? It would bite it off. Yeah. Oh hell no! That's creepy. <laughs> uh, I love how he did it. How he put his hand in there is all, ah, how'd you going? They didn't really bite my hand off. Uh, apparently, he really did scare her, though. That she, she wasn't. Yeah, they yeah. didn't tell her that that was going to happen. Yeah. Mm. It was a nice little moment. Uh, so, Justine, you've seen this movie so many times. Do you, do you see anything in it new every time you watch it? Did you, did you, did you catch anything this time? Or is it. I didn't catch anything new. I just learned some things through trivia that I didn't know that. Um, it kind of goes with uh, Princess Margaret. Oh. So I guess a lot of the film um, success came from Princess Margaret having to choose between duty and love and like dating a commoner. Remember uh, when she married? 
Mm-hmm. A regular guy. And I guess Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn said they didn't mind to do a sequel, but they, it just never happened. Oh, mm. wow. Oh, all right. But I never knew that. So, And since I've been watching The Crown, then it was a show also. But I know Princess Margaret is now. There you go. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I didn't catch anything new. I just learned some new things about. But you I loved it. You loved all. it as much as every time you watch it. It's always a good day. Oh, yeah. Patrick right. was watching. I'm like, I'm going to watch it with you. Oh, nice. And you just watched him watch the movie. You watched him. No. You just oh. picked up. I guess that's a new thing. I guess that's a new thing. As when I watched it, I was like, that's Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I see Patrick, but with a bigger nose. Because I forgot that he has that little beard in this movie. Because I knew he looks like kind of a beatnik, and I forgot that he had a little beard. And I was like, holy. I look like a beatnik? You do look like a beatnik, (laughs) man. Yeah, you dig? Okay. You You dig, dig, man? You dig? You hip to my jive, brother? John, you had never seen Roman Holiday. What did you think, my friend? You haven't? No, it's just my first time. Oh, my God. I wish I watched it with. <laughs> oh my god what a bummer we could have been zooming and watching it at the same time you know i just found out today that that was a thing that you could watch something on tv with a zoom you know window at the bottom there yeah you can mystery science I'm theater for john yeah charming my god this is the, this is the definition of a charming movie uh you know, you could see how somebody might blow this off and say, oh, it's just a rom-com. But it's it's absolutely charming. And it's completely propelled by the, the two of them. You know, there's you can't imagine two other actors playing the, the leads. You know, it's just uh, amazing. And I, I just about fell out of my chair. Uh, when, it, when he kept tripping Eddie Albert and pouring <laughs> stuff on his lap, it was just so well done. I almost fell out of my chair laughing. And I don't, you know, to see a new movie and laugh out loud is pretty cool. Um, cause I didn't see that coming that he just constantly is like you know, kicking him and spilling coffee on him. And that one where he trips him and he just does like a, a, you know, a face plant in the table, you know, that was just too much. So I think Eddie Albert did a great job as the, as the, uh, you know, the photographer was hilarious, but no, yeah, uh, they wanted, uh, Cary Grant and Elizabeth Taylor is who they wanted. How about that? You know, it's funny. There were moments when I thought. Boy, I could easily see Cary Grant playing the Gregory uh, Peck part. Mm-hmm. I thought, boy, you could almost hear him saying the the dialogue. But it's to Gregory Peck's uh, credit that uh, he really makes it his own, and he's really very good, very good in it. Yeah. But you can't imagine you can't imagine anybody else uh, other than Audrey Hepburn uh, playing the princess. It just it would just wouldn't work. And what I appreciated was I thought a lot of times you do a movie with this sort of plot line. It, most people would have written it where the uh, princess was just like uh, super spoiled or kind of stupid or a little dim or dizzy, and they didn't do it. Uh, she really brings a lot of depth to it, and some of that's the writing, and some of it is Audrey Hepburn. A lot of compassion, a lot of depth, and very subtle. When you're watching her, it's very subtle. You know, all the um, just the way she looks at things, and even when there's no dialogue, just the way she's responding to seeing things she she never gets to really experience, you know. Uh, fascinating. Just fascinating. John, did you like the scenes where that looked like it was out of like a documentary almost, where you could just see it was like like post-war Rome, and they just kind of oh, yeah. put a camera across the street, and were like, here, Audrey, walk through this market, you know. It kind of had that look. Well, you know, 
Good move. Uh, William Wyler, if he's the one that was holding out to do it on location, good move. It would not have worked if it was the back lot. You needed it to be believable. You needed it to be Rome. And, you know, he did a lot of flying around uh, during World War II. And after seeing what he saw um, during the war, I'm sure he just thought, no, I'm not going to fake this in America. It's going to have to be it's going to have to be Rome. And so good for him, because it really brings a lot to the movie. Yes, there, there are scenes where you just go, yeah, come on. <laughs> you know, you can't fake this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Good movie. I'm glad you liked it. I also thought it was very cool of Gregory Peck, Justine, that he didn't mention. I mean, he really could have just scored points with the princess. He could have said, look, you know, in the war, I blew up the guns in Averone. But he didn't do that. He was just he just went on his own Boy merits. Guy. You know, he just went on his own yeah, merits. True gentleman. <laughs> yeah, true time. gentleman. Didn't I mean he lied about being a reporter, but he didn't bring up the his exemplary but, war record either. You know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I kept waiting for him uh, to say, Scout, I want you to meet the Princess Anya. Well, you know what's you know, it's funny because Gregory Peck always plays someone kind of stoic. You know, we've seen we saw him as Atticus Finch. And we saw him in Guns of Navarone. And you're right, John. It's a different Gregory Peck. He's very, very charming in this one and very doing a lot of light comedy and kind of like, you know, the stuff with Eddie Albert's great because he's like, what? Why do you keep tripping? What's wrong? Why did you? Oh, you spilled. I'm sorry. I'm so, you know. Uh, it shows that he can do it. It shows that he can do it because there's a lot of, you know, you could have given this to Cary Grant. But uh, Gregory Peck does a great job with it. And I don't know if you look at his filmography, I don't know how how often he got to do sort of a light comedy like this. Probably not very often. It's fun to it's see him. pretty heavy going. It, it is fun you to know? see Atticus Finch on a scooter in Rome, isn't it? It is kind yeah. of yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Or, or bullshitting his editor or, you know, playing poker. You know, you're usually, yeah, you're thinking, yeah, either Atticus Finch or Captain Ahab or, you know, somebody, <laughs> you know, somebody dropping bombs, you know. It's true. You know, or MacArthur, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, people of a certain age, you and I remember seeing him playing MacArthur. Sure. Or the know? Omen. You know, he's the dad in the Omen. You know, and- Damien! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. You do not see him in something like this. So it makes you want to kind of dig deeper and see if there's anything else in his filmography that's uh, yeah, that's like this. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, what did you think, my man? Did uh, Sandy watch this with you or did you do this one solo? Uh, she did watch it. Um, she doesn't like Audrey Hepburn. <sighs> I, at I, all. Why? I don't know. She does it. Um, I didn't. I didn't like her in Breakfast at Tiffany's whatsoever. <laughs> but I think she was. I think she was better in this one. Yeah. Less. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just something about that character. So it's a character more. Princess. Uh... It was more the character, but I think she was a lot better in this one. Mm-hmm. I think the two of them had just so much chemistry on screen that mm-hmm. it was hard to look away. But yeah, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, Solid. Were you expecting, and this is the one I want to bring up, were you expecting her to come back out at the end? Were you expecting her to just go, hey, you know, I'm done being a, a princess. Oh, when he's waiting? A little bit. I, I, but that, to me, that's why this, that's what makes this movie, that's what elevates this movie, is that it doesn't give you that ending. It gives mm-hmm. you the, you know, they had that if time in Rome, and, and that's it. Just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it makes it almost. You know what? If, if they made this movie, that's movie uh, now, uh, the the production, the, the people that run the studio would insist that she comes out at the end. It <laughs> was, you know, you could almost hear that like sequel, a Michael Eisner or somebody. The sequel you know? would have happened. The, se- yeah. the sequel would have happened. The, you know, uh, it's why it's believable because in real life she couldn't. You know, that's it's the end of the holiday. You know. Yeah, it would have been like but, a uh, Parisian yeah. holiday 
We would have had Parisian holiday by now. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Jake, did you like, uh, did, did Eddie Albert remind you of Patrick? A hundred percent. I love that Eddie calls her Smitty. Yeah, Smitty. <laughs> you know, and you know, what, you and know she what? seems to she seems to really enjoy being called Smitty too. She really lights up when he calls her Smitty. And I do love at the end when when he you know, I mean he could sell the negatives, but when he gives yeah. it, he says, "Princess, here are some commemorative shots of your of your of your holiday in Rome." I just love that little yeah. moment because he you know you know he just he he feels good being the good guy. You know, he's not you know yeah he could have sold those yeah. pictures for money. But he, you know, he yeah. knows his friend is in love, and he's just like, hey, you know, he's like, oh, what a good I, friend, you know, what a good guy. I could have been rich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I read that. I read that that money, um, in 2015 is worth forty-four thousand. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! To translate that money to net. To oh wow! He dropped forty grand to be a good guy. That's it. Well, now. <laughs> At the Listen, time, you, you got to. Resp- I, I love. Uh, it's kind of touch and go because he says, you know, I can't ask you to not, you know, can't ask you to not print them. You know, it's you're right to print them. You just kind of left it up to him. Do what you think is right. You know, <laughs> you got to ask. You got to. You got to. But you got to respect a girl who will pick up a bottle and hit a Secret Service guy to back you up. Several you know bottles. I, mean? <laughs> I know that one. And a guitar. She pulled a Pete Townsend. <laughs> I love I love how he said, Oh, can you do it again? <laughs> ah, got it. <laughs> uh Jake, what did you or not no, I already got Jake. Patrick, what yeah, did you think? Good. No, great chemistry. <laughs> did you did you uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, Jake, did you cry a little bit? Did you want to cry? Were you mm, no, there's no there's no crying. There's no crying. No either. crying in baseball. Yeah, all right. Patrick, what did you think? <laughs> did you seen this before? I had seen this before. Okay. Um I definitely prefer this one to Breakfast at Tiffany's just because it's a little bit more. You like her more in this palatable. one. Well, it's palatable. Yeah, but you like her more. And this, she's more somebody that you you want to see succeeded and enjoy life um, versus Breakfast at Tiffany's. She's just kind of a little shit the whole time. Well, also, um, no Mickey Rooney. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the other point is we don't have to deal with that shit. She's actually an interesting character in this one. How about that? Yeah. Hey. Um, the ending actually always bothers me because I want to know like what happens afterwards. And I get that that's the point, but it's always driven me crazy. I love it. Um, I do love that it ends that way. Yeah, it's it's I don't I can't see the movie ending any other way. Um, I don't think it would be good as good if she walked out. But um, it just leaves you wanting more, which is sometimes good for a film. Uh, it's a cute movie. I, I really don't have any complaints about it, uh, John. You know it's funny that last scene where he's walking out of the, of the, you know that that huge room where they had the the meeting. Um, Nicole and I just watched Talk of the Town. I don't know if you ever seen that with Cary Grant and Ronald Coleman. Nuh-uh. And there's uh-huh. a scene where they're he and Ronald Coleman are kind of vying for Gene Arthur, and Ronald Coleman gets a seat on the Supreme Court. And at the last scene, uh, Ronald Coleman looks up and kind of gives a smile to Gene Arthur. So, so 
Cary Grant does the the Han Solo thing. He's like, okay, like you know, obviously, you know, you you like him better. So he gets up and he, you know, just not he's not mad. He just gets up. He's like, well, I've seen. I walks out and he does this long walk out, and it's exactly the way that scene was set up. Mm. It, it predates uh, Roman Holiday, but she does in fact come out and say, hey, where are you going? You know, like you know. <laughs> And, uh, so if we want that satisfaction, we got to watch. That yeah, you watch, uh, watch talk of the town. Uh, all right, let's rank Roman. Hol- I, by the way, I, I this is I, in- I actually introduced this movie to my wife, and it was a movie that caught me off guard when I saw it. John, I was the same thing. I was not expecting to be charmed. I was not expecting to be like you know, hey, this is a rom com. I'm all in, and boy, I'll tell you. Man, let's face it. If you're a guy, you're thinking, oh no, not a rom com. But you know, it sounds like we both got uh, <laughs> got swept away with it. It's the cream of the crop. So, it's the cream of the crop. According to the American Film Institute, this is in the top ten greatest films for romantic comedy, and it's number four. What's number mm-hmm. one? I don't know. This was in two thousand eight, so it could have changed. Interesting. So it's some bullshit. <laughs> I, I like this movie. I, I, I would put it. I would hey, put. Uh, I would put this. And when Harry Patrick, met Sally yeah. in a number in in. Pretty close. Patrick, did uh, Justine introduce you to this movie? Yes. I mean, I'd heard of it before, but I think the first time I watched it was with her years ago. All right. Let's rank it. Patrick, what do you give it? Uh, Number one is City Lights. Oh. Um, Interesting. For romance, huh? Wow. And and it happened one night. Uh Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You asked. Thank you. Just just, you're gonna give that an eight, Patrick. Eight for Patrick. Roman Holiday. Jake, what do you give it? I also give it an eight. Ocho, Justine. Uh, I give it a ten. Ten. Nicole also gives it a ten. So no, that's a ten for Nicole. Uh, John, what'd you give it? Solid eight. Yeah, I'm gonna go eight as well. Eight is enough. No, Why? I, uh, I love it. I love it. It's a, it's a movie that I can sit down and watch anytime. I'm always uh, the the only reason the only thing that keeps it from being a ten for me is it's just a very it's a very light it's very light so it's like you know just like a yeah it's like a little bonbon you know but I love the performances it's a it's you just want you want more you yeah, want yeah. you want you want to know more mm-hmm. and I want the only thing that keeps it from being a higher score for me is there's no werewolves in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, did you enjoy seeing a young Eddie Albert just being kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause I'll tell you, you tend to think of him as playing somebody's dad or he's playing Oliver Wendell Douglas on uh, green acres, yeah. you know, kind and of- on green acres, he's a straight man pretty much. And, uh, and he's great, but to see him this young and this, you know, really great, uh, it kind of makes you want to look, dig a little deeper into his filmography. You yeah. Know? He's playing second bananas all the time, you know? I don't think I've ever seen him uh, this young. You know, I know he he he's made movies uh, going all the way back to the '40s, probably. But it's weird to see him this young. He was really funny, uh, yeah. really good. I love his whole style. He's gone native, kind of. He's wearing like the striped shirts yeah. and the, you know, he's wearing like the the rolled up uh, chinos with the, you know, with the sandals. Well, and- you know, it's if it, when they were uh, getting Bob Denver all kitted out to be Maynard G. Krebs, I'm sure they were saying. Take a look at Eddie Albert and Roman. <laughs> you know, you want the beard, you want the, you know, the, yeah. You want make, take a look at Patrick over on the superiority complex, the beatnik kid. 
That's where my whole style comes from. All right. Okay, That's Roman it. Holiday. All of it. Let's move on to the apartment. Uh, Patrick, can you give us a breakdown on the apartamento? All uh, right. The apartment released June 15th, 1960, directed by Billy Wilder, starring a one Jack Lemon and Shirley MacLaine. Got a whopping 8.3 on IMDb, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a budget of $3 million, grossed $18.6 million. I'm going to say this right now. When they were making Mad Men, they studied this movie. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet they were watching this every day. This was one of the movies. Every, I was thinking they're looking at the ashtrays and yeah. the doorknobs and yep. the, the clothes and the shoes and the cars and the windows. Yeah. <laughs> everything in that everything in that office it just looks like right yeah. out of Mad Men. Right out of Mad oh, Men. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, this had to be this had to be the number one thing they were looking at. A lot of great side characters. We've got Ray Walston in here. We've got uh, the guy who kind of looks like Melvin Douglas, but isn't Melvin Douglas. Uh, we've got <laughs> <laughs> we've got Larry Tate uh, from Bewitched in here. Um, really great <laughs> cast. Billy Wilder, you guys know, uh, wrote uh, Some Like It Hot. This was, I think, the, his next movie right after Some Like It Hot, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, John. This, yeah. yeah. This is... <laughs> This is the follow-up. That's how they built. That's how they. That's how they sold it on the poster. You know, it's like if you liked some like it hot. Here's this next movie. Here's his mm-hmm. next movie, and it's going to be about philanderers. Um, I was telling my wife what I love about this movie is that it deals with some very adult themes without being overt, without being dirty, without being you know they 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 give you just enough, and they they uh, they let the audience. Fill in the gaps, which I like. They're not talking down to anybody. Uh, they let you. They let you uh, uh, kind of uh, connect the dots between you know some of the stuff that they're implying and things like that. So, um, and 1960, they probably had to play it that way. Mm-hmm. But it it makes you uh, be more creative, and it, you don't have to sleaze it up. It's uh, it works, and yeah, you have to have the audience meet you halfway. You know, and boy. Guys, can we just agree that Jack Lemon was born to play just a schnook? Can we just yeah. say that that's what he was yeah. he was he's, born to do? He's the best. Yeah. He's the best, and he does a great job at it. And you know what I noticed about Jack yeah. Lemon? This, what was that? What were you saying, Justine? I'm sorry, you were going to say something. How is he so good at making himself sound sick? And I want him to go, like, make that sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me feel sick. <laughs> 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 but, like. How do you do that to your voice? Like you did a great job. I honestly thought he was sick. It was great. You know what? I, it's called I can't do that. Acting. You know what I realized that Jack Lemmon always does, and I never realized it I, until I watched this movie again. He does this in every movie. When he points, he doesn't point like we point. Like if I point at the wall or something, he points like he's pointing at something behind the person. He points overhand like this instead of like this. He does it in every movie. He does that. He always does that. Mm-hmm. Yes, in every movie. Like you're punching an elevator button or something, but uh, I always notice he points like that. Um, but uh, so John and I have seen this movie. So let's start with Justine again because it's Valentine's Day and it's Ladies First, and obviously she's America's sweetheart. So we want to get her opinion first. Uh, Justine, what were you expecting and what did you get? The apartment. I got a double take on Shirley MacLaine because. Mm-hmm. Remember, I told you I recently was watching Steel Magnolias again, so I was like, "Holy crap, she's so young!" Yes, and beautiful, and lovely, and beautiful. Yes, yeah. And just, oh my god, I loved her and her little voice. It was very different <laughs> for her because 
I watched her in interviews and she's such a strong woman. So to see her like this in this movie is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, it's all about the guy. Like I just wanted her to slap him. Oh, speaking of slapping, I did not enjoy or <laughs> like that part in the whole scene. I was just stopped. Just, I couldn't. What scene? Oh, the doctor. How, how else are the you supposed scene. to get her to stay the awake? The doctor just goes like this. Oh, the doctor. Yeah. 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 That was nineteen. That was that was nineteen fifties medicine, though. That really wasn't. Right. I was thinking. I was like, I can't. If yeah, I was, was thinking. I bet you all like. I bet you like two years. They, that doesn't well, work. I'm sure. Even Jack um, turns around, and you're like, "Yeah, can I walk away too from the scene? Yeah, and you just stop." But they kept at it. Um, like, well, if he didn't do it, she would have died. That is true. Yeah, that was a, that was also an issue I had with Roman Holiday because she's like. I learned how to sew. I learned how to cook. I can do all these things, and I have no one to do that for. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Did you oh. throw something at the throw something at the TV? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what the point? It? What's the point of cooking and sewing if there's no one to give it to and have them enjoy it? You know. And then when you're watching this, uh, there's a point where the guys telling the girl to pay the cab, and he's like, "Can you grab my wallet, sweetie, or something?" and Hand the guy a dollar and good job. Or he says something. I just I can't, can't with it. I can't with these guys in this time. You're not supposed to though, and that's why. That's That's why. Fine job, sugar lips. Mm -hmm. That's why Jack Lemon is the standout. Oh my god, you just love him, right? He's the gentleman. And just such a pushover. I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, Shirley. I just I wanted to just keep watching her. I loved her. And they have really good chemistry. I didn't, they have a really good chemistry mm-hmm. together. Or did you not yeah. think that, Justine? I don't know. I was too into Shirley <laughs> to really pay attention to him. Out of somehow she stole the show for me over him. Well, you, you know what's and funny? I was excited to see him. Uh huh. I was excited to see him, but um, like she was the only one I was really watching. Well, not only that, she looks so different than the other women in the in the movie. You know, she doesn't. She has that short haircut. She's a very modern girl compared to, you know, the ladies that are running the switchboard or, you know, the secretary actually looks. And that's um, what I was wondering when I was watching it. I was wondering what kind of a person she was in the like. Is she not an attractive person, and that's why? But then they said that all the guys were trying to get her in bed, and they couldn't. So mm-hmm. clearly, she is beautiful, but she's just not all out there with it and I loved her I loved her a lot except the fact that she was so hungover on this guy yeah god that scene where where she's in the bed and she says oh god I'm so fouled up and you know you know obviously right now she'd say oh god I'm so fucked up she knows that's the sad part about the characters that she knows and me and Nicole were discussing whether or not like the secretary or all these all these girls like the the switchboard operator obviously knows the guy I forgot his name Mr. Uh, He's the other guy, but he, she obviously knows he's married, right? She knows. Sheldrake. No, Sheldrake is Fred McMurray, the boss, but the one that the secretary, the, the switchboard operator is seeing, they show up in the Volkswagen and. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Right. Um, Dreyfus. Uh, no, Dreyfus, Dreyfus is the doctor. doctor. I can't remember. I'm so sorry. Kirkaby. Yes. Dobish. Kirk, Dobish is uh, my favorite margin. Kirkaby. Um, you know, the, the girl he's seeing obviously knows that he's, he's married, um, and they don't care. You know, you're not sure what the relationship with the, with the secretary was between Fred McMurray 
and the secretary, but obviously the secretary who loved him at one point, but you get the idea that Shirley MacLaine is so young and, you know, maybe a little naive. So she falls for Fred McMurray's act like hook, line and sinker. And that, that's what makes it, you know, that's what makes it even worse, you know? So that's why that scene when she, I like, I like that in this movie, they don't use the word slut or player or they're not telling these girls that they're bad. Mm -hmm. I thought that was going to happen when the girl went up to her, the secretary went up to her. I was like, oh, here it comes. She's going to go call her some names and make her look bad. But these guys are doing the same crap. But no, she just gave the history of this guy. That's Um, That's a very powerful moment because it's almost like a, it's like a, it's like an, like it's almost like an empowering thing where it's like, look, I just want you to know, you know, you're not the first. And she wasn't being malicious. She's just like, you no. know, yeah. It's she's just so hung up on him too, but she didn't do anything um, bad. I thought I was surprised by that. I enjoyed that part of it. it yeah. Uh, Jake. Obviously, this. Yes. Check- oh, oh. And my favorite part was the racket. That's my favorite part. <laughs> that was funny. Patrick, Patrick was watching it, and I already watched it. And I told him, I'm like, that racket's important. <laughs> He's That's like, right. is it? I'm like, yeah, it's important. Check off, check off's racket. Um, Should see me serve meatballs. Patrick, uh, what? Or, no, I'm sorry. I was starting. Great line. I was starting with Jake. <laughs> Jake, what did you think, my man? This is, obviously this is very important to you because this is. I mean, you probably got a lot of pointers check from on. this movie. So good for you. I like that. Um, you're a bit of mm-hmm. a player yourself. So mm-hmm. what important pointers did you take away from this movie? To not be a pushover. <laughs> Jake, I need your keys, Jake. I've got to, or be a pushover and then you'll get, you'll get, you'll get the heart of gold. Yeah. You'll get the girl with the heart of gold. Did you, did you yeah. like this one, Jake? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I th- I mean, I always I, I love Jack Lemon and everything that he does. He's just so he's just so funny and just naturally just a total schmuck, but in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the scene where he's in, he's he's in the bar on New Year's and he bumps into Mrs. Uh, Margie. Yes, <laughs> that's a great scene. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so funny. I forget what she said. Castro, there's that whole subplot with her. Yeah, Castro. Oh, yeah, he's like just talking shit about Castro. He's like, I sent him a letter. He has my husband. He didn't even write back. He got caught doping horses. Got caught doping horses. That <laughs> was just uh, that. Uh, I would love to watch a movie with just those, with just those two. Yeah, just Jack Lemmon's adventures, trying to trying to uh, date in New York and striking out. This is like pre Felix Unger kind of. It's like mm-hmm. Felix Unger when he was a single man. South Felix Unger, yeah. <laughs> Less of a housekeeper than Felix Unger, but yeah. You can call me Mrs. Maachi. Mm-hmm. I yep. just, just that whole part is so funny, but um, forget the name of the actress. But Fran was fantastic. I thought she was a wonderful character. Oh, <laughs> so heavy. Yeah, she's. It's heartbreaking. She's. It's a heartbreaking yeah. arc for her. Um, Fran uh, Kubelik, uh, the great Shirley MacLaine. You know, at this mm-hmm. point, John, how many movies had she made up to this point? Was she just pretty- maybe like two or three? You know, she was pretty new. She had done that. Uh, her first movie was that Hitchcock comedy, 
The Trouble with Harry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she had maybe done like one or two after that. This might have been maybe her, I'm going to guess, like her fourth movie. Okay. And um, yeah, boy, it shows you what you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they do have a good chemistry. And uh, you're right, Jake. Uh, she did one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten movies oh, before Christ. she did this one. Oh, then I'm wow. completely wrong. <laughs> I wonder how many of those were like hits. I wonder if this was like her first big hit. I can read them out to you. I just don't Go. know their hits. Yeah, what are the titles? The, the Trouble with Harry, Artists and Models, Around the World in 80 Days, oh, The Cheap r- Men, Hot Spell, The Matchmaker, Some Came Running, Ask Any Girl, Career, Can Can, and then The Apartment. Oh, she was in quite a Some few. Some came running. That's pretty. That's a heavy. That's a heavy part too. But it's small. It's small. You remember her. That probably that's the first movie where you're going, "Wow, look what she can do." But she's kind of a side character. Kind of a looks like she's like a sort of like an alcoholic party girl. Yeah. But um, well, I, think, I God, I don't know. This seems like this is uh, this is a pretty big one for her. Man, uh, yeah, it's a heavy role. I'll tell you that. But it's, it's also she's also very charming. A lot of what we saw in Roman Holiday, we see we we pick up here. Uh, Jake, did you? Um, who was your favorite one of the executives? <laughs> the executives? Yes. None. None. Come on, buddy boy. None of them. <laughs> so awful. Jake was commenting. I'm like, wow, this is why I'm never going to work in an office space. This Jake. <laughs> Jake was commenting earlier on how quickly they sold out. Uh, poor uh, Mr. Baxter. Oh my God! Immediately. <laughs> the second one, he's like, "No, I can't. I'm not feeling well. No, you guys, no, we're not doing that anymore." And they're like, "Well, he doesn't do anything for us." Mm. Yeah. What do you say? What about Buddy Boy? Yeah. Should we help the man? Oh, they're so good at being jerks. Oh. All it could have, he could have been like, "Well, I can tell your wife and your wife and your wife and your yeah. wife." But they know he won't. They know he won't. Yep. Uh, it is. It was nice to see uh, my favorite Martian doing a can can on the uh, <laughs> on the desk at that swinging party on the nineteenth floor. That was fantastic. Uh, the way they shot the office with all the fluorescent lights going way back when he, all those scenes in the beginning when he's just like you know just another drone and you know you kind of it's kind of a. Uh, a, a glimpse into things that come in movies like Office Space, you know, mm-hmm. where there's he's just like this huge, he's this nameless number in this in this vast sea of, and so of course he wants to do anything he can do to advance, and so they kind of show you right away that, uh, you know, they show you his situation and what he's doing to try to to get moved up, and I love the scene at the end where he says, "Look, I was using him, even though he knows it's not true," you know, he says, "Look, I was using him. Now I've, I'm the the executive assistant." Um, Patrick, what did you think, my man? This is a dark fucking comedy. <laughs> yes, Billy Wilder uh, got some fucking heavy undertones. Mm-hmm. It it takes some places I was not expecting uh, in this film, and quite surprised. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I always love Jack Lemmon. He's a fantastic actor, and always. I, I I haven't don't think I've seen a single thing I don't like that he's been in. Um I really like that he was a good person all the way through even though he was a little misguided and his situation was not ideal and he sh- you know wasn't doing necessarily like that whole setup's not good but 
he was a good person. Yeah. And he he was doing things for the right reason. He wasn't trying to take advantage of anybody, even though it got him what he needed and helped him move up. He was still that was more circumstantial than it was like, hey, I'm seeking these things out. I like that he's such a good character that he won't even argue with the doctor like the doctor he has this reputation and he doesn't yeah. even argue he doesn't yeah, even tell he doesn't want to he doesn't want to do any confrontation he's very non-confrontational yeah yeah yeah. and, and then he he takes the rap for being uh yeah you know, like, yeah and then you know when the brother-in-law socks him you know he's like well why'd you take pills and he's like it's because of me you know he won't even he even takes a bullet for the boss who's using him and yeah. uh you know he's that you know he's just a, he's a good person all around yeah, but I mean, you can also see that he's he's protecting her too. You he, could tell there's a couple things he does. Yeah. In love. Like the reason he did it wasn't just to protect. It wasn't to protect the boss. It was to protect her because yeah. he didn't want to expose the situation that she was in a you know adulterous relationship, which you know could get you in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she's gonna look bad, not him. Yeah, um, but I and she was fantastic, and Shirley McLean did a wonderful job. You definitely wanted to see more of her. Um, it would have been an interesting perspective in this film if they had done it from her point of view and not his, mm-hmm. um, because I think that would have worked well as well. Um, it was just it, it was a great film. I enjoyed it. Yeah. That also, uh, the score that score is fantastic. Yeah. Boy, talk about a great score. Um, yeah, this who was is, that? The, I don't. I didn't even. Patrick, can you look that up? Mm, yeah, I closed everything. Hold on. Damn it, Patrick. John, what did you think? Well, while Patrick's looking that up. Uh, I was looking at the CD case that's not on there, or the DVD case that's not on there. Um, you hated it, huh? Um, Adolf douche. Oh, Adolf Deutsch. Yeah. Adolf Deutsch. Deutsch. Adolf I like to call him douche. Adolf douche. Adolf douche. Adolf douche. Adolf Deutsch. Uh, then it was a beautiful Adolf. score by by Adolf douche. Uh, John, what do you think of this movie, my man? Uh, it's whew, it's like one of a kind. Uh, like Patrick said, it is dark. It's a comedy, but it goes to some really dark places. Yeah, you were. I was it's not. It's hard a- to think. Uh, not too many movies I can think of that are comedies that go this dark. <laughs> I think it's a comedy people. because of Jack, though. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, you know, it's the writing. It's like the that? writing. It's the writing too. It's uh, some of that's Billy Wilder. You're right. A lot of it is Lemon and the way he responds to situations, but a lot of that's in the dialogue and the writing, and that's that's Billy Wilder. And yeah, some I mean, people say he's been more cynical. This has almost got some sentiment in it, which is kind of rare for Billy Wilder. If the dialogue at any point, it becomes from a comedy to just a fucking horror movie. <laughs> Real yeah. quick. Like, it's yeah. just, at any point, like, if you shift and take, like, an ounce of the humor out, it just gets really, really dark and depressing. Mm-hmm. His situation, her situation, oh, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine. I mean, God, she commits. She tries to kill herself, and I, yeah. you know, you, they're still able to get, <laughs> like, you know, they do like so many like hairpin turns where you're like horrified and then you're laughing. But I think it's because it's it's real. You know, uh, that's where Lemon is so good, and that's where Shirley MacLaine is so good. Is it doesn't seem like a farce. It seems like 
this is uh, the way real people might react in a really crazy situation. Mm-hmm. And um, they're both very vulnerable, too, because he's trying to do the right thing. Uh, he is, he's a bit of a schnook and he's a pushover, but by the end, he finally figures out where he's going to draw the line. And that's what I like is he finally comes around at the very end. He throws the key back and says, no, no, that's it. (laughs) I'd rather not work than, uh, than go any further with this. And I love the way she lights up when she hears that, where, uh, she's told, yeah, he says, uh, no more using the apartment, especially with Miss Kubelik. And her eyes just sort of like light up. Oh, he said that, huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and Frederick Curry's like, That's what, 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 go. yeah, Frederick Curry's like, what did you do to him? Like, why he's he's really mad at you? He, he doesn't even yeah. get it. He's so self absorbed, no. he doesn't get it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's completely sitting right in his lap, and he doesn't see it. He's all he threw my job and right in my right in my lap, you know, right in my face. Threw that great big juicy job right in my face. And yeah, the look in her face, her eyes just light up. You know, he says. No, no to using the apartment, especially with Miss Kubelik. I was, know? I was spoil. Yeah, she just disappears. <laughs> I will spoil something for you. Uh, Nicole said we are watching this every New Year's Eve now. That's what she said. Oh, she goes, we're watching this yeah. movie every New Year's Eve. I, by the way, I love the way that scene is shot. How it's there's very little light in there. Um, yeah. th- that whole scene is shot really, really well. You know, where yeah. there's a lot of shadows and they're singing "Old Lang Syne" and and uh, just the, and then she's gone. All of a sudden, she's gone and she's running down the street. That's such a really that's such a really well done scene. Uh, there's a lot of great moments you know, in here. I love, I love the references. There's a couple references to how lonely you can be even in the most crowded city in the in the world. You know, mm-hmm. that here they are in the middle of New York City, and you can still be pretty lonely <laughs> even surrounded. Uh, and God, think of all the bodies you go. You work in that building. You are just, you know. So That's Wilder something. said to make everyone in the Christmas spirit. He filmed that scene, the office party, Christmas office party on December 23rd. So that way he can just have, everyone would have the spirit and the good feeling already in there. Oh, nice. And he said that, um, he said that all he had to do was say action and everything was already there for everybody. Wow. Oh, wow. That's smart. That's he said smart. it was That's... the easiest thing he had to film. How about that? That is a party great on scene. The 19th floor. It's swinging party. Uh, hold on, I'll connect you. Hold on, I'll connect. What? There's a swinging party on the 19th floor, girls. Someone wants to call. I love it. You know, the thing with Wilder, too, is all the little moments. They're always like little moments. That are, it's kind of like Lubitsch. They used to say it's these little moments you can't even put your finger on. Like when what's his name pulls up to the apartment with the uh, VW, yeah. takes the champagne out of out of the hood, you know, and every every sort of move, everybody's body language is kind of pointing to what kind of person they are, you know. Yeah, and right. um, everyone's great in it. I got one funny anecdote about Fred McMurray. You know, he was not known for doing darker characters, not very often. Uh, certainly, Double Indemnity is kind of a uh, it's a that was a departure. He had to kind of be talked into doing that. Because he was kind of known for doing uh, mostly light comedies and things like that. He says after he did this movie, which is a real departure for him, playing such a cad and scoundrel. Uh, right after this movie came out, he was at Disneyland with his family. And some lady uh, walked up to him and, uh, and hit him with, it, with her purse, saying, I saw you in the apartment. I took my kids to see you in the apartment. And that was no Disney film. And he said, and, and he said, no, ma'am, it wasn't because I think the year before this, he had done like the, uh, the nutty professor or the shaggy dog or flubber, one of those, you know, 
And I think he turned to his wife and said, okay, I'm not doing any more of these <laughs> because the public is expecting a certain thing. But from he's me so and, uh, good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. at. I think when they did the Billy Wilder uh, tribute, the AFI tribute to Billy Wilder, Fred McMurray was there very elderly at the time. And all these coworkers uh, stood up and had stories to tell. And he said, you know, Billy Wilder put me in probably two of my greatest films but he had to practically talk me into doing it because they were such dark characters, you know? No, he was great. Uh, and that was, that's, yeah, they're both Billy Wilder, Double Indemnity and The Apartment. The only two times he was at like, like actual classics, but he had to play, he had to go some, to some really dark places. But it shows it, you, you know? that he could do it. It shows you that he was, an oh. act, he's a good actor. Be- Absolutely. I'm sure he takes some pride in that, that he showed the depth he had. He didn't have to just always play the goofy dad, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's probably easier for him though. Some a, yeah, a, a woman just came up and accosted him. That's great, though. I love it. I, at Disneyland, I think that's perfect. You know, hey, there's Frederick Murray. I just like slugged him with the purse. You know, <laughs> I took my kids to see that, and boy, that was no Disney movie. And he's all, no, man, it wasn't. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said he just turned to his wife and said, "Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do any more of those." <laughs> Good old Fred McMurray. All right, yeah. uh, John, how did you first come across this movie? How did you first find me? Are, are you a big Billy Wilder remember. fan? I, yeah. I was probably trying to catch everything Billy Wilder did. And uh, he's on a real streak, you know, uh, right about this time. Because then he does Irma LaDuce and uh, Kiss Me Stupid. And, you know, he's on a real streak. And and then The Fortune Cookie. I think a couple of years after this, he does The Fortune Cookie with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. The first time they were in a movie together. And so that that's the beginning of people seeing the two of them. I think after that came The Odd Couple, which was not Billy Wilder. But certainly when they were casting... Uh, you know, the movie, they said, oh, we, it's got to be these two. It's got to be, you know. You know what's funny, though? So, the scenes where Jack Lemmon is walking around New York in this one remind me of those early scenes in The Odd Couple with Felix walking around New York after he just tried to kill himself. They kind of remind me yeah. of each other. They kind of, a little bit. And it's the idea, like you said, John, the, the, the city being a very lonely place, you know. Yeah, and you can see the seeds of Felix Unger. Like, uh, it's true. He's not exactly like the neat Nick, but you can see that he's made certain concessions to kind of, he says something like, you know, the apartment doesn't have to look like a dump, you know, you kind of fix it up. And the, the uh, joy he's taking when he's cooking, I thought the, the, the scenes in the kitchen where he's cooking uh, dinner for her. And he's and the singing. Joy, yeah, and the joy he's taking in, uh, in cooking dinner for her, I'm thinking, ah, here are the seeds of Felix Unger right here. Yeah. You know? You take this a little further to the left, and it's going to be Felix, you know. Felix, Felix, Felix. Uh, <laughs> and right. what do you think of that last line? You gotta love that last line. It's almost up there with uh, "Nobody's Perfect." <laughs> I just what did she say? Shut up and deal. Shut up and deal. The card. I love you. Did you hear me? I absolutely love you, Miss Kubalek. Shut up and deal. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they're going to stay together. I mean, yeah, it's a wonderful ending, you know. Just the look uh, on her face when. What? Oh, I'm sorry. What's that? Go ahead, Justine. I was going to say that was thought up by the writers last minute on set. Hey, how about that? Did you? Yeah, because I bet you what? I bet you a, a diamond, IAL diamond. He's probably on the set because he's not only a co-writer, he's like a producer. Did you guys think he shot himself? Did anyone think that he may have shot himself? There's no way he did. No way. Uh, no. It's still great. It's still great. It's still great because he opens the door and it's champagne. And you just go, yeah, part of my brain was thinking, what? I'll tell you what, though. What is great is that they, when he pulls that gun out, 
you realize that the story he told, he wasn't just trying to make her, her feel better. He really had tried to kill himself. You yeah. know, that, that was the gun that he was talking about, that he went to the pawn shop and bought a gun. And there it is. Yeah. So you, you know that he's he's been down the same road, which is which is yeah. also kind of a nice little nice little touch. You know, I always like that. Yeah. He, and he, he so offhandedly just puts it in the box. He picks it up kind of like he would pick up like a dead mouse or something and puts it in the box. Um, it's a perfect setup because then when you do, when you hear the bang, there's part of your brain that's, that's thinking that, you know. So it's a perfect setup for what comes later, you know. I love it. Yeah. All right. Let's rank it. Just, Wait, I have trivia. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you know what? This is a good sign, guys. When Justine looks up trivia... She doesn't look up trivia for movies she doesn't like. I'll tell you that. Don't roll your eyes. It's a good song. Don't roll your eyes at me, young lady. Go ahead, Justine. I Let's put it. She started being like, so, oh, yeah, and then the director did this, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so the $100 that she got in 1960s is equivalent to $871 in 2020. That's Jeez. Wow. That's a fucking... And she returned it. I love it. Well, because the implication is... I love is, the message, though, that she puts it in a um, an envelope for him. I love that. Yeah. Um, also, this was the last black and white film... Black and white movie to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Wow. Wow. Until The Artist in 2011 mm. and Schindler's List in 93. There you go. Mm. But they don't say it's completely black and white because there's that um, that scene of the girl. But um, I also read that Wilder directed Marilyn Monroe in the Seven Year Itch and Some Like It Hot, and he grew to despise her um, because of her demands for star treatment and her poor work ethic, which is why he put her as a party girl um, on row look alike right oh that was that was a little dig he's like she looks like marilyn monroe (laughs) and she's doing the voice she's doing the baby voice you know she does that little laugh (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's great um and jack lemon in his trailer found out while he was playing with the prop his nose um what do you call that the um oh the little inhaler the little um atomizer the spray that while he was uh, playing around with it in his dressing room, he found out that if you squeeze it really hard, it can go 10 feet. So he decided to do it in the sh- in the scene, and the director kept it in the movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great shot. Um, and when he's about to be punched, he's supposed to put his head back, but he went the wrong way and knocked and fell down, and they kept that in the scene, too. Oh, nice. Wow. That's a great scene. Mm. And so this did win Best Picture, John. It won Best Picture, yeah. Wait, you and didn't believe me? So. I just said that. No, no, no. I do believe you, but I didn't. I had not even checked to see if it won Best Picture. I think he was more like saying it. How come you never told me that? You know, <laughs> I, I just didn't know why I didn't uh, know that. I just didn't know why I didn't, I didn't know that. But what yeah. a great so movie! Because of this film, he won for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Screenplay. Wow! Mm. Wow! Billy Wilder cleaned up. Big, big moment for Billy Wilder. Uh, we 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 do have another big Billy Wilder movie coming down the pike soon. Uh, you want to tell us what it is? Well, we have two. We have Double Indemnities one, and we have another one we're not going to talk about. But let's rank this one first. Let's get out of this. Let's get out of this quagmire. Just kidding. We loved it. Jake, what did you give uh, the apartment? Ten. All right, Patrick. It's a ten. 
Justine. Nine. Uh, John. Absolutely a 10. I'm going to give it a 10. Nicole gives it a 10. Justine gives it a, a nine, but that's solid. That's solid. That's that's. I'm not even mad about that. That is a well, solid. Give Casablanca a six and Casablanca's a ten. Go scale up her nine from there. This is like a fifteen for her. <laughs> yeah. Justine, that's great justification. I love that. That's a great justifying. Patrick's doing some great justifying. Justine, what kept it from being a ten for you? I'm doing the um, hard math there. It's just a bit too dark for it to be something I can continuously keep watching. Okay, um, that's fair. That's fair. Like it's not something I want to continuously see. But you uh, enjoyed watching. Part. What's funny is Nicole was. We started it, and then our internet went down, and it was just as, um, when they were at the Christmas party, and he put the uh, out of order sign on the elevator, and I knew what was coming, mm-hmm. obviously. So I told Nicole. If you're going to listen to the podcast, please finish the movie because I don't want you to I don't want to spoil it for you because that's obviously a big turn that middle act where where you know Miss Kubelek yeah. you know tries to kill herself um and I so she ended up finishing it today and she told me uh she goes that is a 10 I want to watch it every new year's eve from now on she loved it so um, wow yeah and it, again it was yeah. just basically the Shirley MacLaine performance and Jack Lemmon is just a good uh you know it's a great They're movie. Really good together. Yeah, it, it kind of. John, is this the only one they did together? I think so. I can't think of anything offhand. Yeah. All right. That they did again. Um, she went on to be in uh, Gold uh, something Goldfarb. Won't you please come home? What is was that? What uh, <laughs> what uh, what the, it was the name of that? Uh, <laughs> was the name of that movie? I never heard of it. Uh, Jonathan Goldfarb. Are you making? Uh, you making Google look. Uh, uh, Google. Uh, Alexa, uh, tell me about Jonathan Goldfarb. Please come home. Here's something I found on the web. According to Vader.tv, Goldfarb has been a pioneer in green living since. Okay, stop. <laughs> Alexa, stop. I love it. Okay, stop. <laughs> That's hilarious. This is what yeah. you wanted. This is what you got. Yep. I'll look, I'll Google it for you. We'll find a we'll we'll find mm. a, uh yeah, all right, great. What a great week, guys. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh what a great Valentine's Day. Both very romantic in unconventional ways. They weren't conventional yeah. rom coms, but uh I feel like they're both I feel like they're both realistic. I feel like they're you know, they're stylized but kind of realistic at the same time. I I, I like that Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn don't end up together. And I like that, uh, that, that Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine have to go through some pretty heinous stuff, and they wind up together, though. So, you know, that's just me. I don't like it all. You know what it is? Uh, when you show the dark side of things, it makes the happy ending feel like, like they earned it. You know? Yes. It's like it's uh, too many movies, too many modern movies just make it look like it's all coasting. Like you... You can mm-hmm. see what's coming a mile away. And with the apartment, you cannot see what's coming. You really Love. don't know what's coming around the corner, you know. Love isn't always easy. That's true. Mm. Don't I know it. Just kidding, honey. Love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's right behind don't, you. Don't I know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Did Sandy watch uh, the apartment, uh, Jake? Yeah, she did. I didn't ask I didn't ask her her score. Was she watching you the Was whole time liked- to see how you reacted to the philandering? She liked it. She liked the yeah. philandering. Okay, good. That's a good sign for uh, you. That's the best, the best part. <laughs> that's, that's, was she laughing? That's the best a, part. 
Did, was she worried that the shaggy dog was uh, being kind of a jerk? Is he the shaggy dog, John? No, he's Ooh. not. No, no. He's like the father of the shaggy dog. Uh, Sheldrake is the father of the shaggy dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't <laughs> That's Tommy sh- Kirk. I think Tommy Kirk was the sh- shaggy dog. Okay. He's the absent-minded professor, though. He's the absent-minded professor. He's the one that comes up with flubber. So Sheldrake, is the, in his spare time, is inventing flubber. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. In his spare time, when he's not dating the secretary, he yeah. is inventing flubber. Uh, just to stay out of the house. Just to, yeah, just just to give him something to do, really. Uh, all right, guys. Well, for so for next week, uh, we have uh, Double Indemnity and uh, another movie, and um, <laughs> Double Indemnity and Double Indemnity and The Big Sleep. We're gonna do some noir. How do you guys feel about that? Bogey. He was in The Happiest Millionaire. Uh, Flubbers, the absent-minded professor, uh, the shaggy dog, and son of Flubber. Yeah, but then he was also in stuff like the Kane Mutiny, which is a great movie, and that's dark. And he's not a very uh, he's kind of a dark character in that too. Yeah. Um. So you know, it wasn't all fun and games, but there is a certain point, especially once he does My Three Sons. I mean, that's that thing runs like six, seven years, and uh, right about the time he's doing the Disney films. So I think at a certain point he develops a reputation for being that kind of character. But once you've seen the apartment, you realize what he's capable of. You know? John, he also did the egg and I, so don't forget that. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and you know, the egg and I is kind of like the precursor to the Ma and Pa Kettle movies. So. It, yeah. 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 Awesome. <laughs> it's the pilot, I think, for yeah. the Ma and Pa Kettle movie. <laughs> awesome. And it's got the great Claudette Colbert. So there you go. That's right. That's right. Guys, what do you kind of like Brian Cranston? He played a dad. Yeah, the and goofy dad. And yeah, then, how long did yeah. Malcolm in the Middle run? And he's the goofy dad in that. And then he turns around and does uh, Breaking Bad. And you're like, wow. Yeah, and and then God, he's a different kind of dad in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's what the kids call a zaddy. Um, People aren't that for, for mad for that long. That's right, Justine. Uh, where did you learn from these? Uh, what did, what love lesson did you learn from this week's movies? Uh, no guy's worth it. Perfect. That's a great lesson. John, what love uh, lesson Malcolm did you... in the Middle lasted for six years. And Breaking oh. Bad was on six or seven? Uh, Breaking Bad was on five. Nice. Wow, he was longer on Mal- Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, John, what love lesson did you learn from uh, these movies this week? Uh, take the bullets out of your gun. There you go. Uh, that's from also from Hamilton. Um, Patrick, did you learn any love lessons this week? It can be extremely lonely, even in a massive city. Wow. Jake, what did you learn about Whoa. love? Keep your expectations low and you'll never be disappointed. No, I didn't ask you for your future wedding vows. Oh, I asked sorry. you what you learned. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I missed, I misheard you. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I love that. I learned pregnant pause and then yeah. <laughs> I learned that if you really like, like a, if you really like someone, blow a straw at them. It's a sure. It's a sure mm-hmm. bet. So get those straws it's ready. Important, it's an important skill to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, guys. Let's have a happy Valentine's Day. Please 
out there, if you, if you want to watch these movies, or if you guys have some uh, recommendations for uh, for any romantic comedies that you like, or any romance movies, they don't have to be comedies, but any movie you like, you want to recommend it for Valentine's Day, hit us up on the Twitter, at Soup Complex, S-O-U-P, Complex. Guys, we're over on Podchaser. If you look us up at uh, Superiority Complex, Podchaser is a website, uh, it, it, uh, it's a website for podcasts and podcasters you can catch our podcast there um you can write us a review we love and need you guys to write us reviews uh it really helps the show so if you could go to pod chaser or if you want to go over to apple or do both if you have five extra minutes just uh you know let us know how we're doing over there and uh leave a the review good, for the us bad, the well, ugly, all mostly the good mm-hmm. please but uh, yeah, give us please uh, reach out to us anytime. If you guys have a question about something, or you want us to answer any questions, or you have a question for one of the crew, SOUP Complex. We also have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash soup complex. But uh, yeah, check out Superiority, Superiority Complex on podchaser.com and on Apple. Please leave reviews there if you can. We would appreciate it. So for John, for Jake, for Justine, and for Patrick, we say happy Valentine's Day. Uh, you know, stay romantic. F- don't you don't have to fight the power anymore. But uh, that, that there's nothing to say. That's it, guys. Until next week, unity. This transmission ends now. 